But I want to just welcome you to week number two uh, of a series that, that we're calling Love Lifted Me. And we talked we talked about loving God last Sunday morning. And this series will take us up to the Sunday after uh, Valentine's Day. But before we get, get too far in advance, I just want to remind all of you that we are right smack dab in the middle of a, a month of Sunday's challenge. Now, you, if you don't have one, you're not going to get one today. So you'll get one next week if you don't have one, and you only get one. And I'm bringing it up again because if you have not prayed and found your person to challenge to a month of Sunday, you've already lost a couple of weeks, and it's time to really hit it hard because we've got to work while it's day. Night is coming and we can't work. And I, I want you to have this completed way before we get to our Easter live on location. I just want it out of the way so you don't so you don't get bogged down. You don't want to get left behind. Nobody likes to get left out. And so next Sunday morning, if, if you've never gotten one of these, you, you can get one. We're going to issue them again only to those that have not had them. But as a reminder for everybody else, pray over it. And then get rid of it and, and, and stay prayed up over the person that you're giving that to. Now, what, what we're going to do right now is we're, we're going to pray because I'm about to read something to you uh, that God's talking to his, his people, Israel, in the book of Micah. And there's a great solution if people are having family trouble. Now, now let, me, let me tell you, before we do anything else, I'm not just talking about your immediate family. I'm talking about people that in your extended family and, and people that feels like family. I mean, they're closer to you than your family, all right? So when we, when we talk about family today, we are not just talking about only your immediate in my home family or, or people that I associate with or I see a couple times a week, once a week or a month or every so often. We, we, we have a big circle here because a lot of people may not have any living or close relatives, but you've got people that's like family that, that you've even referred to them. And because I've said this at 9.15, I'm going to say it again. Satan hates this message right here. He hated the one about loving God, but he really hates this one right here because you can go to the book of Genesis and you can just see how he feels about a man and woman coming together. He started way back then with all kind of uh, enticements and suggestions and solutions, all the things he does today. He, he started way back then causing problems between uh, a married couple and then on into the family. And you just start in Genesis and you work your way through the Bible and you'll see what I'm talking about over and over and over again. It, it, it's good one moment with one group and then they're killing each other in the next group. That kind of sounds like where we are today, doesn't it? So I need to pray before I read Micah to you, okay? 
because the devil is going to get you preoccupied on how well the hazer's working all of a sudden this week, and we can kill it right now, by the way, or, or why you, 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 your thumb's hurting, and you didn't even hit it while you were working in the yard yesterday, but it's just throbbing right now. And he, he's going to do all this because this is sacred time. So what we're going to do, we're going to close our eyes, and we're going to pray, and we are going to ask God to help us. Father, we know that these are the wonderful words of life. Nothing else, nobody's opinion or advice, God. This Nothing matters like what your word does, God. And I know the enemy, he's the opposer, he's the accuser, and I rebuke him in the name of Jesus from distracting anybody or keeping their minds worked up or worried or even their bodies hurting. I, I pray for a spirit of healing from Jehovah Rapha right now, the Lord that heals, oh God that you would move in this place and anyone watching us online right this minute, God, that Satan would be defeated off of what he's doing right now and you would be glorified. And Father, everything that you do, we are going to give you glory. And God's people said amen. I'm going to go through these scriptures really quick, okay? Because I'm trying to get somewhere and this is, it is, but it's not really actually part of the message. Woe is me. For I am like those who gather summer fruit, like those who glean vintage grapes. There is no cluster to eat on the first ripe fruit of the first ripe fruit when my soul desires. The faithful man has perished from the earth. And there is no one upright among men. They all lie in wait for blood. It means you can't really trust anybody, folks. Every man hunts his brother with a net that they may successfully do evil with both hands. The prince asks for gifts. My God will hear me. The judge seeks a bride. That don't happen. And the great man utters his evil desire. So they scheme together. The best of them is like a briar. The most upright is sharper than a thorn hedge. The day of your watchman and your punishment comes. Now shall there be perplexity. Do not trust in a friend. Do not put your confidence in a companion. Guard the doors of your mouth from her who lies in your bosom. For son dishonors father. Daughter rises against her mother. Daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own household. But this is what I want to tell you. Therefore, I will look to the Lord. I will wait on the God of my salvation. And read that last little line with me. My God will hear me. Can you say amen? Now, what I want to do for just a few minutes this morning, I want to take you through loving my family. And I want to do that by starting with God first. The Lord said, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. 
Listen to that. I will be a father to you. You may have an earthly father. You may not. You may never have ever had a father or a father figure. But listen to what God says. I will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So I want to tell you this morning before I say anything else. There's no orphans in this place who are in Christ Jesus. I don't care how you feel, what you've endured or you are enduring. That's why when I grew up, we always would hear occasionally a song, I'm so glad to be part, I'm way off, of the family of God. Because there's so much truth to that. We don't always, and you know, I told you, go through your Bible. We don't always act like a family, but in the eyes of God, we are a family. We are God's family. And God doesn't have stepchildren or half-children or preferential treatment over some of his children. He doesn't do that. There is no favoritism with God, we are all part of God's family on the worst day of your life. You need to tell yourself, I still belong to God. My mom and daddy might do, might do me wrong. My brother may be after me. My sister may be after me. The people that are my grandparents may not like, and you can extend that network as far as you want to, but I can tell you this. You can follow that up and say, but my God will always be with me because I'm part of his family and I am never, ever alone. That's why he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you because you're his children. We are part of a chosen priesthood. You don't have the scripture, but all of you know it probably by heart. We are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. That's because God said, I'm sending my son Jesus so that I can adopt you into this royal family. So your family can uh, shank you, hurt you, jerk you, mistreat you, steal from you, lie to you, turn you in, turn you down, and the list is forever. But God will never do anything but love you and help you and take care of you because you are part of his family. And he can't do you like your own family can do you because he made you. There's a big difference in giving birth to someone and somebody, somebody actually making me. And so you, you are never alone. You are part of God's family and that cannot change because God said that. And that is the way it is. So when you wake up, and we all have done this, unfortunately, if you live long enough, you'll go through your first Mother's Day, you'll go through your, for your first Father's Day, you'll go through for your first birthday, you'll go for, through your first Christmas. You know what I'm talking about, don't some of you? You go through all those first, and your mind, you cannot help but think of what's not here or who's not here. It's human nature. And there's nothing wrong with it at all. I've had my fair share of it. And if I live long enough, I'll have more of my fair share of it. But I will tell you this. 
you will never spend one day when you'll say, well, God ain't here this year because he can't leave you, he can't forsake you. I've said it four times, but it bears saying again because somebody, if you don't hear anything else, you need to know you're not by yourself in this life. God is on your side because you are his child. That's why when things go south and things go wrong, the seventh verse that I read to you, therefore I will look to the Lord, I will wait for the God of my salvation because my God will hear me. Parents, siblings, even close like them, ignores you at times probably, but not God. He will hear you. That's the way God is. Now, God has laid it on my heart when, when the Lord was giving me this message, I, I automatically started with God and then went to husbands or, or men first. But then yesterday, God says, no, we're going to flip this. Because after you talk about my family, I want to start with the children first. So that's, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm starting with the children. And so you, you, you want me to tell you something that's not Really funny, but you might laugh, but you shouldn't. It's corny. Everybody in here is a children, or you have been a children. You have been. At one time, uh, you, you, so you, you can't sit here with your chest all out and all that good stuff because you have been there, honey. If you're not there now and you are a children, uh, you, you, you've been there. So don't, don't, get too, don't get too cocky and full of pride. But we're going to look at Ephesians 6. Because if you are a child and you're living at home, I don't care what age you are, college age, kindergarten, daycare, don't matter to me. I want you to hear this Bible verse, okay? I'm going to say it like that. I want you to hear this Bible verse. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. I'm going to talk about something for hopefully under 60 seconds. And then I'm going to keep rolling. In the Lord is what I want you to hear. All right? We live in a sick world. We've always lived in a sick world full of sin. So children, look at that Bible verse again. Obey your parents in the Lord. This is how you love your family, when you do what God says to do. But if your mama or your daddy or someone that's like a parent to you is trying to coach you in or coerce you into doing something or forcing you or making you that they're going to do something, I got news for you, and I'll say it in front of all the adults and caregivers in here, that is not in the Lord. That is in the devil. You run and you talk to somebody that's got a brain and a heart that loves Jesus because you're not around one if they're telling you to do something that's not of the Lord. Why are you bringing that up at church? Because I live in a sick world and I'm a pastor of a church and I don't get good news all the time, people. And I've been getting all kind of whacked up weird news for going on three decades almost. And it's never got any cleaner. It's never got any prettier. But it has got worse and worse and worse. Children, 
Obey your parents in the Lord. Because I've heard, and there's been movies, there's been books, and I know this is kind of like a tense moment right now, but it should be a tense moment right now. Because you need to hear what the Bible says to do when you're in one of them weird situations that you didn't ask for and you didn't do anything to be in one of those situations, but be born. Obey your parents in the Lord because that's the right thing to do. And I don't want a single person to come to me, call me, text, email, message, or whatever, say, well, pastor, I don't know about, you should have been more clear. Don't, uh-uh. You, you go somewhere else and you just talk. What, what, what was a long time ago now? If, you, if you're under 20, talk to the hand. You don't know what I just said. Don't do it. I don't have time for foolishness, foolish biblical ignorance and egotistical religious spirits. I don't have time for that. So don't you, you take that to somebody else. Obey your parents in the Lord. And I will say this. Have I, have I gone to 60 seconds yet? Let me tell you about something. And I know somebody might get offended in here because a lot of people can wear all kind of suits and ties and robes and collars and all that and the whole time molest children in the background. Am I telling you? Well, no, I ain't going to ask you that. I know I'm, it's, you can't not see it on the news all the time. And I don't just mean the Catholic Church. I just saw something two weeks ago. He called him, he was referred to as a pastor, but I don't know. There's, there's many that come in Christ's name, the Bible says. But they're here just to destroy lives in the flock. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. If it's not in the Lord, then you just need to run. God will spare you and God will save you and God will protect you if you do the right thing. Don't ever be intimidated. Don't ever feel like you don't have an option. You do have an option. And I'm going to say this. You call this church if you feel like you don't have an option. And everybody owns a cell phone, so you can call the church. We'll help. We got people that, that can help here. We got people that will help. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And I want to say something about it because I've been really welling away at the children for a minute. I want to talk to parents here, parents online watching, or people that may get this later on. Because there's a fine line between sparing the rod and spoiling the child and what Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way they should go. There's a fine line there. And I'm going to tell you something. The reason so many children give in to sexual threats and all kind of perversion is because, because they have exposed themselves in a vulnerable way as far as trusting an adult. Can y'all hear me this morning? It don't sound like a message. It don't sound like I'm preaching. But I can tell you right now, there's some people that's dialed in 90 hard, as Nathan said when he's about three. And you need to be dialed in 90 hard. Because it's happening everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. And parents, I want to tell you something, or grandparents, or people like parents. I said, you know, we got a big network today. If you don't have, when it comes to discipline, 
if you don't have the trust of your child, and I'm going to get, this, this is really, this is a tense thing right here. If you don't have the trust of your child, you don't have a bit of business at all trying to correct your child. I just quoted Proverbs 23, train up a child. Well, sometimes you just got to beat them till they get it. Let me tell you something. You show me that in the Bible. You can't show me that. It's not in the Bible. What you have to do is do like Jesus did. You suffer the little children to come, and then you teach them. You, you model them. You show them, and then you've earned the right, not because you a mama, a daddy, a grandparent, somebody like a caregiver. So, no, sir, no, ma'am. No, you don't do that because children receive correction when it's been preceded by love. You can beat them, and you can feel like you've done something. You're the man or the woman or the grandparent or aunt or uncle or nanny of the house, but all you've done is fooled yourself. And I speak from experience. I've got my tail tore up more than one time, and I didn't feel love, and I know Daddy's here, but he didn't do it. But there's been men, and at school, and for those of you that want to know, yes, I did get the paddlings in school all the way up to the ninth grade because I was full of energy. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh, even among my teachers, sometimes when I got my butt whooped, I was mad about it. And I would go out and do it again, worse than the first time, knowing I was going to get another paddling. But then there was sometimes I know somebody was just really reaching out because they wanted to help me out. And they had to do it through correction. But I felt love. And it sounds weird. It sounds uh, oxymoron. It sounds crazy. But I'm going to tell you this. You cannot do this. And we live in a world... People, people don't have time. Watch TV, and you can even look on social media and all that. i got to be real careful with what I'm about to tell you. So I cannot make any reference, nobody in this church, but I can't make any reference outside of that. But I was just told about a woman that saw a child that she knew in a grocery store that was with another sibling that was, she was lost in the grocery store, and it was, I think, 45 degrees, and you take what I'm saying now, what it's worth, with shorts on and a T-shirt, no jacket or nothing like that. And this lady finally helped locate the other sibling and the babysitter because the parents... Hey, I believe in going on a date. I believe I'm going on a date, Angie. Uh, I believe I'm going on a date. So I ain't what I'm talking about. But this particular situation is an ongoing thing, and they got about, I don't know, four or five children, but they don't have time to raise them because they're so busy living their lives. And I would tell them parents, you better never lay a hand on that child till you can grow up and be a mama and a daddy that's got time. You got them in the world, and then you just kind of clocked out on them. 
And it's not a problem. Hey, listen, this situation has nothing to do with money now. Because they might have problems, but that ain't one of them. And it doesn't have anything to do with knowledge. Because I happen to know both of these parents have, one of them has the equivalent of like a doctor's degree probably. One of them I know has got a, so anyway, let me tell you folks, we've got to learn. And that's what's wrong with this whole generation. And it's taken me a long time and I knew I'd get hung out right there. But I'm tired of people just continuing to bring children into this world and then boom, I'm still busy, I still got a life. The Bible says this, no man builds a house without first sitting down and considering and calculating the cost. And I'm going to say it, and I don't care how you take this, but when Caitlin was born, there is something. Now, she might have did without some things growing up, but she never, until she went to Liberty, she never went without attention and love and sacrifice from her mom and daddy. And I'm going to tell all you men and all you men that's watching or whatever, I gave as much as her mama did. Her mama had to be out every morning at 7 or 7.20 and drive to Wagram every day. So I was the daycare. I was the first day of school. I was the doctor. I was all that. And when Angie come home, I was ready for her to come home because it's her turn. <laughs> but I mean that. I did not just do my part, if you know what I mean, adults, and then... Okay, I'm through. I'm going on about my life because I'm jacked up and I'm busy or I don't have time. That's not what I'm supposed to be doing. Or I was one of these bullheaded religious people. Well, that's your job. You the woman. That's as insane as you going out here and just standing in front of traffic, okay? I'm preaching. I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to eat good today. I'm preaching. I'm preaching and you just take it in, take notes. Figure out where the next church is you're going to go to. Don't care, but I'm preaching it today about loving your family. I'm doing it because there's a lot of jacked up, whacked up families. There's a lot of people don't know if they're coming or if they're going. There's a lot of people saying they have a family and they don't. You just got small adolescents in your way. You can't. You can't. Why do we only have one child? Because that's all we could handle. I don't mean that about Caitlin. That's all we could handle. We, was, we were not ignorant to the lifestyle that we lived and the way we lived and to do her. And I'm not saying anything to anybody that's got more than one child. I, I knew. I, I, I say this. I wanted seven children till I had one. I did. I wanted seven. That's a godly number. And I said, they God in this one right here. I don't need seven. There's as much God in this one. I don't need seven. Uh, God's in one. God's one. God said one. So I'm not fussing, and I'm not picking, and I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad or all that. But I, I knew at the level of care and time that it took for one, we, we, there, there was not two more of us to do that. You got me. And y'all all have family. I'm talking to some college. We got a college group over here. This is some good, good, yeah, okay, y'all take this in. All right, so, remember, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Parents, remember, 
You'll never do anything. You will never do anything greater than love and be Jesus in your home the whole time children live in, under your roof. You, you won't do it. You don't have to be wealthy to do that, and you don't have to be broke to do that. You just, you just do that because you realize uh, until they get to the age of accountability, I am their connection between them and heaven. I am. Okay, we've got to move on, all right? Now, we've talked about children. Next thing we're going to talk about, we're going to move on now to the wives. Okay, does anybody want a second Barbara's old Lord when she dropped her head? But before we do that, I want to read this devotional, okay? This morning, Angie called me. She knew what the message title was. That was it. She said, I want to share this with you. She said, I'm going to send you my devotional today, my, off of my Bible reading. It's so good. So there's two. This one's for about children, and this one uh, that I'm going to read in a minute uh, about marriage. Okay, here we go. Look, priority of children, all right? Listen to this. The words of Jesus challenged the attitude of many of his contemporaries toward children. In ancient societies, children were often kept on the periphery of society. To use an old-fashioned British saying, they were to be seen but not heard. God's tracks are very different. Jesus places his hand on the little children and prays for them. I told you that verse a while ago. When the disciples feel that Jesus should not be distracted by them, Jesus replies, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. He demonstrates the high priority children should have in our lives. As parents, it is very important to prioritize our children and not to see them as distracting us from our work or ministry. As a church, we need to see that our children and youth have priority in terms of resources and facilities because the kingdom of heaven belongs to them as much as anyone else. They are not only the future of the church, they are the church. Amen. Amen. Hey, I, that's not a coincidence. That was her devotion today. I said, I'm using it. I am. I'm using it. Wives, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Wives, I'm going to make this quick because i got to spend more time on the men, all right? All right? Wives, likewise, be, and this is where a lot of men go postal. There is, I'm going to say it, and I'm going to be offensive. There is stupid as any donkey you would ever find. Be submissive. They don't know what that word means. And it's funny how that's about the only Bible verse they do know. Amen? Good grief, man. Be submissive to your own husbands. That even if some do not obey the word. And see, that's what I find out people have relationship problems. Because people don't obey the word. They, uh, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. Ladies, let me tell you this. I, I, I know of women who have held on and held on, even when they could have let go and they could have walked and they could have been cleared in many cases. But I've heard them give a godly reason that the reason they did not let go, the reason they held on was simply because 
their husband was not saved. And that was like the last resource available was them. Now, I don't believe in any form of abuse, physical, verbal, emotional. I, I, I don't, that's not of God. That's not the Jesus I read about. And you, you cannot justify it. You, you, you'll never justify it. But I always say this, and I said this yesterday at the wedding. And, and, and that's just really simple. And, and wives, you got a duty because of what you're about to hear me tell the men. You got a duty to understand that they got a lot of pressure and expectation from God and His Word on what they should be doing in their house and for their family, with their family, for their wife, with their wife. There's a lot on them. And even when you want to jerk a nod in them and you want to set them straight, you need to fall on your knees and you need to pray for them. You need to do it. Because you cannot see, you might hear smack talk and you might see them leave trash and not take it out and all the things that tick you off and all that. We're good at that stuff. We're just gifted that way. But this is what you don't see. You don't see the principalities and the spiritual wickedness in high places that the devil's using smaller, even tall and big things to bring some kind of animosity into your life, into your home, just so he can break about what apart what God did in the Garden of Eden. See, that snake has never quit doing that and throwing those apples out there. He's never stopped it. And he can do it with frustration as much as he can do it with sex or money or anything else. You can just get so frustrated that I'm through. I'm tired. I'm tired of carrying it by myself. But that's when you need to stop and pray. You're the only prayer warrior in the game. You see what I mean? So... Let's try this, wives. Even when it hurts, when you're tired of doing it, when you said, I'm not going to do it, how about let's be submissive? Because we're all part of God's family. Submit. And you're not really giving in to him or it or that, but you know that joker needs help. Amen, ladies. And he ain't going to listen to you, but he can listen to you if you're doing this. Because you cannot do anything with a God that's moving in your house. You can't do a thing with that. Ladies, that's it. Take it. Enjoy it. Guys, it's your turn. Like I always do at weddings, I want to make sure that men understand every good and perfect gift, every gift, it comes from above, from the Father of lights. And a wife is a beautiful, gracious, wonderful gift. If you find a good one, man, that's it. Amen. I got one amen out of Barbara. I got a half hmm out of Mary. And I got a little something over here from Nelson that's engaged. Go figure that one. Okay. But I'm with you. If you find a good wife, listen, it's a gift from God. If you find a wife that's rough and tough, well, let me read the Bible verse. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 28 says, Husbands, you ought to love your own wives just like you love your body. 
He who loves his wife loves himself. Nevertheless, let each of you in particular so love his own wife as himself as himself, and let the wife see that she respects the husband. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding. You remember I didn't finish that last part if you got one of them other kind of women. 1 Peter 3 and 7 was waiting on us. Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together. I'm probably about to really get raw up in here, okay? Because I know we're living in 2020. In fact, today is 0202 2020. So it might be bad. As the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of the life that your prayers, we're going to stop on this verse for a second, your prayers may not be hindered. We live in a, here it goes, you ready? Ready for it to blow up online? We live in a Me Too society. And a lot of that's necessary, okay? Because of jacked up men, crazy people, that's full of the devil. I'm not talking about that. Everybody's created equal. I get it. Folks, marchers, petitioners, activists, I, I get all that. But what I get more than that is the Bible, God himself, put a process in place. One, one's no more important than the other. Ladies, men, one's no, they're equal but they have different roles that they play. And when they all are doing and functioning correctly, biblically, it all flows like a beautiful river. So it's not about, oh, I don't have to do that. I'm just, you know, and I'm not even talking about like at work, payroll and all that. Yeah, people crazy. People do the same job and need to get the same money. I'm not talking about those kinds of things. I'm talking about in the home where we've diminished each other's role and we can't have a loving family anymore. We're just kind of dwelling, paying bills together. So, you men, you have to understand, you are representing God in your house, in your marriage. Don't let your wife, and I'm going to say it, I know I'm talking to a lot more people outside than I am inside right now, but men, tell me, please tell me you are not guilty of your wife always leading prayer or reading the Bible or wanting to do something spiritual or attending church because, my friend, that's as yellow as anything there is. That is. You need, whoa, whoo, can't say that. You need to really grow up. That's it. That's his jacked up. You can't fuss about when she's all jacked up and she's crazy. And you can't say a word. You don't have a leg to stand on. You can't because God put it in place. And until we, we follow the pattern 
of what the husband's supposed to be doing. Loving his wife, being an example to his wife, being a spiritual leader. Said, I don't know what we're going to do, but I know who does know. And we're going to follow him. It don't matter what it takes or what we've got to do or sacrifices we've got to make or people's feelings we've got to hurt. Me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord until the Lord comes through and shows us the way. That's the way it is. Now, I want to tell you in closing, real quick. Uh, let me read this other. Can I read this other uh, devotion, the other part of this this morning? Can, can I'm sorry, Derek. Can, if I can get that real quick, because that right there, that's a screensaver nobody wants. Let me talk about the importance of marriage. This was the same part of this devotion Angie sent me this morning. Better go to this one. The Pharisees asked Jesus about divorce. But he replies by speaking about marriage. He goes back to the creation account. And Jesus quotes from Genesis 2.24 stating, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and will be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Matthew 19.5. The verse from Genesis is seen as the blueprint verse for marriage, not only in the Old Testament by Paul, but also by Jesus himself. Marriage involves the public act of leaving, making a lifelong committed commitment to your partner, and takes priority even over your parental relationship. It, revolves, uh, it involves being united with one's partner, and that's husband or wife. The Hebrew word means literally glued together, not just physically and spiritually. This is the Christian context of the one flesh union. The biblical doctrine of marriage is the most exciting and positive one that exists. It also is the most romantic vow. It sets before us God's perfect plan. Amen. I, 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 that, that, was the whole, that was the whole thing about husbands and wives right there. But in closing, I do I want to tell you probably one of my favorite Bible stories and characters that really encouraged me during the building of this church because I kind of felt this on a very, very small scale. But it was a man named Noah. But when I think about families in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, I don't think there's any better picture of the one than Noah. You see, Noah was told by God one day, he said, it's going to rain, and I want you to build an ark. And Noah didn't do anything but said, okay. He said, okay. But somewhere along the lines, the whole time he was building the ark, he ran into so much, so much condensa condensation, condemnation. I bet he did. It was condensating too. But he ran into a lot of condemnation. condemnation. And he also ran into so much mouth from people ridiculing, laughing, talking him down, talking about how crazy we ain't rain. What you doing building this big boat? What's a boat? What's rain? What's a flood? What's all that? But in his mind, Noah had to know, man, I got a family here. I got a family here. And it's a big boat. And there's a lot of people. But God said it, and I believe it, and I got to do this because if nobody else 
wants to save their family. I'm going to do what God says so I can save my own family. And do you know, and you do, that that's exactly how that story ended? Everybody, everybody on the last day, on the last day of the ark being built, when the door shut, do you know everybody that laughed at him for making big family moves? Were the very people that came running to him, knocking and screaming for help? And do you know that sitting in this building right here are men and women that need to make decisions right now because you feel pressured, you've got to keep up with everybody, you've got to do it, you've got a certain image you've got to keep, your children's got to be up here where everybody else is. It doesn't matter if it's at a cost of missing things of God and your family life being scattered and so unpredictable all the time and you need to do a Noah thing right now. You need to turn it around and love your family enough to say, now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. God says in his word, there's a pattern how this river needs to flow and I need to do it. I can't save my child's friend's family, but I can do what God has prescribed in his word for me and my house and I can save my own family. They might get ridiculed why they were not involved, why they didn't do it, why they didn't show up this time. We may get a little bit of flight because we couldn't attend something our family was doing, but listen, this is what God said works and I'm going to do it and I love my family enough even if people say that I'm making a fool out of myself and I don't know how much you love your family but I know how much I love my family see it's that world we're trying to please we are we don't believe the rain we don't believe the well you don't need to build a boat that big we don't need to go to church that much we don't need to get involved we don't need to do that they they're, my children are caught up in this they got to do this cuz i got to give them a cutting edge and i'm not saying there's nothing wrong with stuff but everything's got to be done in moderation because the world will keep making you feel like you got to keep up and the world will dictate what the new standard is I'm telling the truth, and God in heaven knows I'm telling the truth right now. And it's hard because you feel like you're going to let your children down. You feel like you're going to be at a disadvantage if you don't stay jacked up all the time. And what you don't realize is when somebody shows up pregnant or strung out on drugs, you're already jacked up. I need to stop right there. I know I got that little... Mike Nobles, that little trigger just went off right there. I got to quit. But I want to tell all of you something. Loving your family today is harder than it's ever been because there's such a magnetic pull from hell to keep the family apart and separated and splintered and dysfunctional. Amen. Amen. It's everywhere you turn. You don't see Ward Cleaver is so old, you don't, people don't even know who Ward and June Cleaver are anymore. You had to be 30 or 40 to laugh at that or above. But you know what I'm talking about. Amen, church? We can't be happy anymore with just what God's doing. We, we got to stretch. We just got, I mean, if they would make a drug where we didn't even have to sleep, we're too busy to even sleep anymore. I told you I was going to quit, and I got to quit. And I don't even know if I got anything else I'm supposed to be saying. But I do know this. I do, I, I do know I love y'all. 
I do know that God ordained this word. I know he ordained last week and the next two weeks. I do know that. And I do know this too. I know if your family is better off starting today than it was before you got, I know God is dealing and God is moving and you will be better off. That's why it's called hard. That's why it's called the straight. That's why it's called the narrow way. That's why the way everybody's going is the broad way. You see what I'm talking about? God didn't put it in some vague terms that we couldn't grab a hold of and understand. He made it very plain. But the devil and all this, and you know, I didn't even know, and I used to play football. I didn't even know who was in the Super Bowl till like two days ago because I don't give a rip about that stuff anymore. And I know I just said cuss words to a lot of you by making that statement. But I have a different God. His name's Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shammah, Jehovah El Shaddai. He's the Lord God Almighty of my life. And he's about to call his bride home. And you can have all the football, all the basketball. You can have all the sports. You can have all the toys in the world. You can have all the likes and posts and shares. You can have all you want. But I'm going home. And I want my family to go with me. I want my church to go with me. I want your family to go with me. I'm going home. I'm going home. I don't care. Somebody said something to me about money the other day. I said, if I, and you know what? It seemed like when you turned 50, man, it all fell apart and broke and loose, and you got three or four sets of doctor bills. And every day the devil says, man, you shouldn't have closed that sign shop. It could have helped with all these bills. And I said, but what God's doing in my life and in this church I pastor, I said, you could have a $10 trillion a year sign business. And I'd say, no, I can't afford that. Because God's coming back. And the material things that keeps us scattered and splintered and dysfunctional, it's all going to be right here. It's not going there. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, help everybody in here to know if they feel lonely, they don't have a family. Nobody's left out of God's plan. You haven't left a single person out. We're all children that were made in your image by you, Lord. And I pray in the name of Jesus, God, that you would just help us to know that it's your will, it's your pattern, it's your scripture. It's you, Lord. You've put the plan in place, and it's so plain. God, but we live in this pool. We live in this vacuum, Lord. It's just trying to do what it did at the garden, Lord. Trying to just get in between us. But Lord, I, I claim victory in this. I pray, families are going to be better than they've ever been. Families are going to be stronger than they've ever been. Because you, O oh Lord, you, O oh Lord, hallelujah, you will win. You have won. And God, you can win in our lives today in the name of Jesus if we would just allow you to be our God. I give you praise, Jesus, and work and move in a great and mighty way. Let people receive.